0: Thank you for joining us at Christchurch Dunstable. Now on with our daily devotions. Good morning, everyone. We're in Psalm 59, verses 1 to 9. Uh, Let me read these verses out for us and we'll dive into it. And Let's pray that God will speak to us through it. Psalm 59, verses 1 to 9. For the director of music, to the tune of Do Not Destroy, of David, a mictan, when Saul had sent men to watch David's house in order to kill him. Verse 1. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Be my fortress against those who are attacking me. Deliver me from evildoers and save me from those who are after my blood. See how they lie in wait for me. Fierce men conspire against me for no offence or sin of mine, Lord. I have done no wrong. Yet they are ready to attack me. Arise to help me, look on my plight. You, Lord God Almighty, you are the God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. Show no mercy to wicked traitors. They return at evening, snarling like dogs and prowl about the city. See what they spew from their mouths. The words from their lips are sharp as swords and they think, who can hear us? But you laugh at them, Lord. You scoff at all those nations, you are my strength, I watch for you, you, God, are my fortress. A Psalm of David, but uh, like we often say it speaks beyond itself to his greatest son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in David's suffering in these verses, you um, get the clear sense that something universal Is going on, that it's speaking beyond his present context. End of verse 5, he speaks of the nations, though he's only being subjected to an attack by Saul and his men. In verse 13, he speaks of a day coming when the vindication of God's king will be known to the ends of the earth. And the wickedness of uh, the king's enemies is also described in verse 5 as treachery. And so though these verses do describe the specific situation David found himself in, they burst their banks and speak beyond themselves to the, about the suffering of his greatest son. And did you notice that the evil described that is mounting against David and ultimately his greatest son is described in very vivid terms in this psalm? Uh, David's description of his enemies uh, mounts in intensity as the verses tick by. Verse 1, they're described as enemies who are attacking him. Verse 2, they're described as evildoers who are after his blood. Verse 3, they're described as those who lie in wait as being fierce or more literally strong men. And so no wonder David pleads for deliverance. Verse 1, he says, deliver me, be my fortress. Verse 2, he says, deliver me, save me. Verse 4 is another verse that clearly bursts its banks. Verse 4, David pleads his innocence. I have done no wrong, yet they are ready to attack me. And if we skip down to verses 6 and 7, we get a, a sort of refrain that's then more or less repeated in verses 14 and 15. David says, speaking of his enemies, they return, they return, verse six, they return at evening, snarling like dogs and prowl about the city. See what they spew from their mouths. The words from their lips are sharp as swords and they think, who can hear us? They return at evening evening is a time, we're told in Luke 22, where darkness reigns, a time where fears rise, a time where tension builds, a time where evil is anticipated. And we see in verse 7 that the evil being anticipated in this context includes verbal evil. See what they spew from their mouths, the words from their lips are as sharp as swords. Have you ever felt the destructive power of the tongue? Have you felt like you've been brought to nothing through the tongue of someone else? What evil can be wielded by the tongue as evil spews out the mouth from the heart? The enemies of God's king, they want to destroy him not only physically, but by what they say. They want to totally ruin his reputation. And as they do so, they have not a care in the world. End of verse 7, they think, who can hear us? And so in these, in these verses, we get something of the sense of how David's greatest son, the Lord Jesus Christ, felt as he was betrayed and handed over to the Romans. We get something of the sense of evil that surrounded him, not only the evil of those who wanted him put to death, but if we peel back the material realm, when Jesus is on the cross, there is a demonic sense as the devil and his demons gather. After Jesus's wilderness temptation, we read in Luke 4.13, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him, he left Jesus until an opportune time. Psalm 59, verse six, that opportune time as it were, came in the evening. And in these verses we get a sense of what Jesus felt like as enemies circled him as they came out at night. Verse six, snarling like dogs prowling about the city. I think this is describing more than um, the the human opposition against Jesus here, I think we're peeling back the material and we're seeing something of the spiritual opposition against Jesus here. But we not only have a description of the enemies of God's king in verses 1 to 9 and their, how, how, how the enemies of, of David their banks to the spiritual enemies of Jesus. We not only have a description of, of, of the wickedness of the enemies of God's king, we also have a description of the king's faith. Verse 8, um, David after saying in verse 7, see what they spew from their mouths, the words from their lips are sharp as swords and they think who can hear us? David then says, but you laugh at them Lord, you scoff at all those nations. The sentence is, Lord, Even if all the nations gathered against you with all their weaponry, they would be no match. You laugh at them. You scoff at them. Evil is no match for you, Lord. David, fulfilled in Jesus, is reminding himself how big his God is. Verse 8, but you, Lord, this is faith talking. Then he says in verse 9, you are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress. Again, this is faith talking. From being in anguish as he contemplated, verse 3, the fierceness of the men attacking him, or more literally, the strength of the men attacking him, David pointing to Jesus now says, you, Lord, are my strength. He moves from the strength of his enemies to the strength of his Lord, and he's comforted. You, Lord, are my strength. and Then he says, you, God, are my fortress. That word fortress is loaded with meaning. It has the sense of you, Lord, set me high. The idea is one of being beyond the reach of an enemy, being on secure and high and inaccessible ground. Being united to you, Lord, means I am above my enemies, out of their reach. They're unable to harm me. You have set me beyond reach of my enemy. And we know that the Lord raised up David's greatest son, raised him up to a secure and high and inaccessible place. Death could not hold him. God lifted him out of the jaws of the enemy of death to a place of security on high and inaccessible ground and as we contemplate this psalm for us today I think we need to recognize that if evil returned at night to confront God's King if we share in the sufferings of God's King we can expect evil to be lurking around the corner for us for it to return in the evening to find sin crouching at the door to recognize the devil prowls around like a lion if evil waited to return and confront god's king then we need to recognize that evil will wait and return to confront us at times but when we contemplate the evil that still exists in this world not least in our own heart we stand with David we stand with Jesus and say verse 8 but you Lord this evil is no match for you verse 9 you are my strength in Jesus Lord you have set me on a high and inaccessible place I am totally safe in Jesus. Why? Because he died for my evil. And his resurrection proves that he has conquered the evil that still lurks today. The evil that I am in a battle with, both in my own heart and the evil that is from outside of me as well. But as I look to Jesus, I recognise I am in a high and inaccessible place. I can resist Uh, any temptation, I can resist evil, and I know that one day, morning will break, evening is going to pass, the time when evil lurks around in the shadows will one day be no more, morning is going to break when Jesus returns, and so though we suffer after our Saviour in this life, we know that one day, night is going to pass, We're safe in him today, but one day night is going to pass and evil will be no more. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for the um, description of the human suffering that the Son of God went through. The evil that he faced, the pain that he experienced willingly for his people. And we thank you for the reminder, the helpful reminder, so we might be better prepared that evil still exists in this world, that we are still, as it were, in night. Morning has yet to break. But we thank you that because Jesus rose on that first Easter morning, morning is guaranteed to break. And there's a day coming when evil will be no more. It will be eradicated from our own hearts and eradicated from creation. And we look forward to that day. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Christchurch Dunstable podcast. Tune in every weekday to listen to our day of devotions and why not visit our website, ccd.church, to find more resources. Christchurch Dunstable, bringing the hope of Christ from the heart of Dunstable.